This passage from Matthew essentially is about the truth of who God is, the truth of who we are, and who God has made us to become. Let's talk about who we are and who God has made us to become first. Who are we? We are creatures. We are made by God and we are made in his image. What does that mean? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? It's kind of a fundamental teaching that hopefully we learned when we were knee high to a grasshopper. It's a Southern phrase, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, to be in the image of God means that we are created with an intellect and a will, just like God has. That means we can know through our intellect, we can know things, we can know what things are, and by knowing what things are, we can have desires and we can choose things. And desire and choice are a part of our will. That's what makes us in the image of God. And, and basically, to be in God's image means that we are ultimately responsible for our actions. So God has made us in this way. This is, you know, um, the basic of our existence. And God has made us in, the, in, in this way so we can become holy. We can become like God. That's basically our destiny. God has made us in his image so we can use the powers of our souls, our intellect and will, to become like him in our behavior, in our choices. That, that's the whole purpose of our existence. Let's go now to who God is. And let's do this from the standpoint of why Jesus says, love your enemies. Why do we have to love our enemies? That's no fun, is it? It actually can be quite bitter to love your enemies. But God says, love your enemies. Jesus tells us this. And why is this? It's because that's what God does. And why is it that God loves his enemies? Because when you think about it, and we might not really appreciate this, but God, believe it or not, doesn't have, not everybody likes God. Right? So if not everybody likes you, then, you know, God's like, join the crowd. Right? I, nobody, not everybody likes me, and actually I have enemies. People fight against me. They despise me. Right? If you look at, at the world history and our culture today, there are people that don't want to be God's friends and some that are antagonistic towards him. They hate him. They are his enemies. That's bold to say, but it's true. Not everybody likes God, and some are actually his enemies. And so, but God is saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? So that you may be children of your father. So in other words, why, why does God love those who hate him? And the reason why, it has everything to do with who God is. Because let me say it this way, God cannot not love his enemies because that's who God is. It's God's nature to love. God is love. And this all has its foundation in this truth about God. All right, we're going to have to put on our thinking caps a little bit and put on our snorkel 
in our little oxygen tank because we're going to go deep sea diving here. So follow me here if you can. But this has to do with the very, when, when God, who is God? God revealed himself to Moses. And he said what? In Exodus 3, 14, I am who I am. And you know what that translates into? God is existence itself. What that means is that God, the definition of God is like the supreme being, that which no one is greater than, right? God is a supreme being. As a supreme being, you're not the su supreme being if somebody else created you. If somebody else gave you existence, you're not the supreme being. But God is the, su the supreme being, so that means no one created God. That means God is the source of his own existence. And if he's the source of his own existence, that means he possesses existence by his very nature. It's, in other words, it's, God, it's God's nature to exist. And if it's God's nature to exist, that means he possesses like the fullness of being. And if he possesses the fullness of being, that means he possesses the fullness of being without limit. And if he, has the, and he possesses the fullness of being without limit, that means he has perfection without limit. He is perfect. And what is he perfect in? Is he perfect in like being able to always get the perfect SAT score or being always able to bowl the perfect game or you know, be able to pitch the perfect game? You know, no. It's, well, yes, but no. <laughs> it's more than that. God's perfection, he is perfected in goodness. God is goodness itself. That's, that's who he is. And this is his very, so it's, you know, and, and goodness, you know, think about it. Goodness, the nature of goodness is what? You can't do badness to somebody. You can't do bad to somebody. So if you're good, you always, you know, you always want to do good. And that means you always want to do good to your enemies. But God, in wanting to do good to his enemies, means that he's always reaching out and saying, stop being my enemy. <laughs> you know, God is always trying to heal. You know, because if somebody is God's enemies, that means there's a flaw in, a, in, that, in the person who is an enemy of God. There, there's something disordered there. Because we are made as creatures to know, love, and serve our creator, to be in communion with him. And if you're God's enemy, you are, there's something wrong with you. There's not anything wrong with God because he's perfection itself. He's right. He's existence itself. He's goodness itself. There's nothing wrong with God. There's something wrong with you. And God sees that and he knows that because he knows everything. And so he's always reaching out to basically saying, man or woman, stop being my enemy. I want to be your friend. I want to heal the wound that is within you. That's how he gazes upon those people who are his enemies. And, and we call that love, right? Because love is the communication of goodness. And when love encounters woundedness, it becomes mercy. And so now, Let's kind of understand all this within the context of the very last thing that Jesus says is what? So be perfect 
just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I don't know about you, but when you hear that, you're like, what? <laughs> How in the world can I be perfect like God? There is no way. Well, on one sense, that's true, and God knows that. He's like saying, I'm not calling you to be perfect just literally like me, because you can't. Because I am perfect in a way that you cannot be perfect, because you're a creature. I am not created. I'm the uncreated one. So I have perfection in a way that you do not have, nor can you ever have. But what God is saying, what Jesus is saying here, is you can be perfect according to the way I have made you. You can become a perfect human being. But a perfect human being, again, isn't about a perfect SAT score or a perfect golf swing or a perfect, you know, whatever. You know, whatever, you know, the, the perfect musician. Perfection, according to God, is what? Being, be, becoming perfected in goodness according to how God made us as a human being. You see, this is, and this is the basis of our happiness. You know, you know what happiness is? Happiness is the fulfillment of our desire. And you know what God has made us to desire? The good. You know, that, that, that's how, we, we cannot not will good. And when we will bad or evil, we, we will it under the guise of goodness. This is St. Thomas Aquinas. And you know why we desire good things? Because they perfect us, right? When we, 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 like, we are not, we are limited beings, we're not perfect beings. This is why we desire things of this world. You know, we desire, you know, possessions, food, even we have that desire for sexual union because all those things in their ordered state perfect us. That's what, that's just what they do. And God wants us to be perfected in goodness. But ultimately, we have to understand that the only thing that can ultimately perfect us is God and his grace. And this is why when he's saying be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, he's ultimately saying be perfected in goodness and ultimately being perfected in his goodness, which then allows us to what? Love perfectly. And loving perfectly means loving your enemies. Because Jesus is saying, it, you know, it, it, there, there's nothing, you know, it's easy to love your friends most of the time, all the time, if not all the time. But man, it is hard to love when someone doesn't love you and they actually hate you or are your enemies. But that's where love is made perfect. That's where goodness is made perfect. And that's when we become most like God, right? And so this, is, this really cuts to the core of our heart because perfection is more about, is more an interior reality than an exterior reality. It begins in here, and it's, and it's expressed out here. And so this is why, and I'll finish it with this. This, is, uh, this, this whole thing of be perfect as your father's perfect um, is a part of a trilogy of be as, you know, meaning that God says in Leviticus 19.2, he says, be holy, for I am holy. 
And then he says here, be perfect as your father is perfect. And then in Luke, it says, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. What does that mean? It means this. In the Old Testament, he says, be holy as for I am holy. God's holiness has to do with um, uh, God, God is pure, it's his pure goodness, that God desires goodness. And he, he desires himself, because God is goodness itself, God desires himself, his, you know, because God is perfect in goodness. There's nothing impure or unclean in God. It's his holiness. And in the Old Testament, the, um, the Israelites, you know, God, God was teaching, had to teach them about what it meant to be holy, to be God-focused. So he had to separate them from the world. And so holiness back in the Old Testament had a lot to do with being separate from those who were unclean, who were ungodly, who were impure. And that's what a lot of the Old Testament rules were about. And, but as we usually do as human beings, they get, that gets misunderstood and exaggerated, and you get the Pharisees. They just wanted, they thought holiness was just it's about separating yourself. Stay away from me, you tax collector. But then God's like, no, that's not totally it. Holiness is about becoming perfect in goodness. And goodness is about reaching out to those who are wounded, who are in need, right? It's about mercy. So ultimately, holiness is about mercy. And this is the ultimate way in which we imitate God, is by being merciful. That's why it's such a blessing for you to be at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy right now, in which why Jesus says mercy is my greatest attribute. So when we, when we practice that, we become most like God, who is love and mercy itself. And so brothers and sisters, this Lent, Lent is about um, this, this practice of trans, being transformed, having our hearts transformed in God's goodness, having our hearts transformed in his love, having his, our hearts transformed in mercy. And in that way, as we do that, we approach the perfection of God and we live out that command of becoming perfect just as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. 
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.